Your life is an opportunity. We live deliberately, relentlessly pursuing our goals. We don't settle for mediocrity. We work towards greatness. We are mindful of the process, but we demand results. We embrace our role as leaders, and we lead by example. There is no finish line. We are leveling up every day until the end. We are real men doing real work and getting real results. This is the path to excellence. Welcome back to another episode on the Path to Excellence podcast. Today, I am the point man, but the three hosts we have before you is myself, Zachary Small, Anthony Miglarino, and Jeff Higgins. We're going to be diving into what, how to get what you want from relationships. So when we see men out here, we see them going and saying, well, I want to improve my marriage, or I'm looking to connect with women. I want a long-term relationship. You know, men are out there wanting better relationships, but the problem that we're seeing is they don't know how to express what it is they want with another human being. We're going to dive into that today. All of us are married. All of us have maintained long-term relationships and marriages. We're going to help share what's been working for us, our approach to this, and honestly, how we found ourselves separating from our peers with regards to the joy we have in this longevity. It's easy to start out with a honeymoon phase is what they call it. You know, it's much more difficult a decade later to still be having a good time. And yet there is a way to do that. Before I do that, I'm going to toss this one around and see how these men are doing. Anthony, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Yo, what's up, fellas? No, it's a good topic and a conversation that is needed. You know, we, we're inside the fraternity of excellence. We are talking to young men who are looking for relationships. We're talking to um, men who are married, thinking about being married. And this is something that it's important to me, right? I've been with my wife now for over 30 years. So we need to have these conversations. We need to dive into it. And men need to know that there are standards. There are high expectations that we should have in our relationship, especially with, with our women. 30 years. Holy cow. I thought I've been married for a long time. I'm a little bit over 10 years. And uh, my relationship is the best it's ever been because I've been deliberate about learning things. And that's actually one of the reasons why I even found the fraternity and found what Zach was writing about way back when. I was interested in improving my relationship. And the best thing I learned about it was that improvements can be made and they're under my own control. So I love talking to guys about it. You know, guys are frustrated because maybe they don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do and I learned what to do. And then I tried and I implemented what to do. And today my wife is happier than ever. I'm happier than ever. So I love having this specific topic to talk to men about because you can do it too. You know, what, what I really like about this and the way this kind of podcast is set up is each of us went at this differently. You know, and one of the things that stands out is we you do grow with the person you're with. And so when we say like, oh, it's easy to start out. Well, it's fresh. It's new. And you kind of know where you're at there. But as you grow, oftentimes people take habits that divide them. It's not a team thing where you're growing together and you're supporting one another. It's kind of like I'm doing this and you're doing that. And so looking at that, I mean, Jack and I, we're it's funny. Anthony's at 30 years. I'm at 20. You're at 10. So we're doing this in decades. <laughs> Jack and I, we got together at 16. That's not a normal thing. You know, and so there are more out there than we give credit to who started out that early. But still, to be 16 and be with the same woman, I did not know what 36-year-old Zach here knows. I didn't say that's where I wanted to go. But I would say even then as a teenager, I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted. I wanted to start a family. I wanted to go into the military. So my foundations, those things never changed. But along the way, you evolve. And so, Jeff, you were saying that you changed when you realized that it was under your control. And so I'm assuming that was with your lady. And so you started to morph like with her. You started to change. Did that change the foundations that you went into the relationship with? Or was that more the interactions in the day to day? 
everything. The foundations drastically. It was a total changed. overhaul. <laughs> it was. It was. There were so many things I didn't realize. And when I look back, I think, why, why was it that way? And I believed a lot of uh, things I was hearing from society or in the, you know, I'd look at other people's relationships and I would say, oh, that's the way it is. And we see a lot of relationships that aren't so great and a lot of people that aren't so happy, but I didn't make that connection. I was just, one of my things is I um, felt like a jerk if I was trying to lead and not make everything super equal all the time. So I would try to do it all myself and not place any roles on my wife. You know, I'd feel like a jerk if I asked her to do my laundry or something. But today, I understand that giving her the opportunity to to play a role has actually benefited more than trying to do it all. I don't know. <laughs> so looking at that, no, that's the thing. I mean, you grow, you go together to where it is you're looking to to be. Like when you set a target and you say we're going to this destination on a map, that's easy. We're going to Florida. We're going to Tampa. We're going to see Jeff, or we're going to South Carolina. We're going to see Anthony. Like you pick a spot and you go there. But when you say I want a happy marriage, that's not so tangible. That's not such an easy coordinate because what is happy? And I honestly think that you have to know as a man what happiness is. And Anthony, you do a lot of internal work. You you protect your peace in a way that I, I respect, I admire, I replicate to a degree because I understand the importance too. And being around you, I see, I see well, one, I see a lot more birds than I'm paying attention to. But two, <laughs> the fact that I see what you've built, man. You know, joking aside, I see the oasis yeah. of your home and your family. How did you get to that level of happy? without it being such a clear target that many have a struggle with? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is realize that to, to be happy, it requires work, right? You can't just say, I want to be happy. I want a good marriage, right? I, I want I want to be happy having this woman in my life. It requires work. And I think we need to be honest. So I was like you, you know, we got, we got, we went after this at 16. We had kids at 20 and 19 and it wasn't easy. We had to do a lot of work. There were times where I had to sit down and I had to think to myself, right? It wasn't like, what do I need this woman to do for me? It started to become the thought process of what do I need to do to be my best self? What does that look like? I can't get um, easily outraged. I can't get jealous, right? I can't let these inferior emotions control me and make me be the man that I'm, I'm really not. Because then my wife starts to see that and she's not going to fall in love with a guy who's, you know, acting like a child, who's behaving um, just immaturely, who's letting his emotions over overtake him. I had to start working on myself, developing who I wanted to be. What did what did that husband look like? What did that man look like? What did that father look like? And over time, right, results matter. So I had to do the work. I had to honestly evaluate where I was at and what what my weakness was, how I get better. And I think when you go through that path, you you grow, you 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 achieve things, right? You become a better man. You become a different person. And that's how for over 30 years now, we've made things fresh and new, right? Because I'm constantly changing my wife. I don't put any pressure on her to live her best life. She's doing it because it's the example in our home. We have to continually grow and get better. So it, it keeps things fresh. It keeps things new and it keeps things exciting. Things don't burn out. It doesn't mean that it's always perfect and it's always happy. But when things go downhill or we get sidetracked, we make repairs and we continue forward. It's, it's the only path. The two of you with your women from 16 years old, that used to frustrate me. I used to look at you and be like, you guys are naturals, like whatever. <laughs> I had to learn all this stuff the hard way. And um, it, it's interesting to hear you guys talk about it because we look about look at it a lot differently. I think a lot of you guys, you do have a natural component where you, you 
act in a way that attracted your wife at 16 years old. But there's a lot of people listening that I think could relate to me in that I had no idea how to attract women when I was 16 years old. I actually learned everything the hard way. I was divorced a long time ago. Um, that, that relationship never had the right dynamics to it. And me and my wife were always good, but it's not like it was today. You know, we were more of a, a best friend and it wasn't, there was not enough leadership on my part. So some of the, um, you know, the passion wasn't as hot as I wanted. So I had to figure out exactly why that was. And I think that came naturally to you guys, which always, I'll never figure it out. I'll never understand. I'll never be able to live that experience of getting it at 16 years old. You know, what's wild, man, is I, I've never had anybody else that understood that or could relate to it until I go on with him. And so I did it just then. I was like, not a lot of people have a relationship like, and I look at him like, well, this dude does. <laughs> and so, you know, one third of this, two thirds of this right now do have that experience. And so maybe it is a little more common than we give credit, but all, at times let's look at, you know, just simple statistics here. People aren't coming out of high school and staying with the person they're with in high school, you know? And one of the reasons is not just people grow apart and they, they're not fully developed in what they want, but few make the decision. And I think this is something Anthony and I did very well in our youth is to decide on who they were. I, I didn't know, and I don't even know right now what I want to be when I grow up. You know, people are asked that. Like, I'm a photographer, landscaper. I've got like five different jobs. Right? I'm testing the waters, and I'll decide on the one that I really like. You know what I mean? <laughs> but at, in high school, dude, I was the, – the energy you see here, that fire, that focus, that's me now. What I've done along the way is I've developed and I've improved upon that. And I actually want to bring it back because I think that is where a lot of men were, are in your shoes or were in your shoes, Jeff. You know, Anthony, you brought up that you were jealous. Emotions would come out. You know, you couldn't you couldn't be these things that they don't come with youth, but they're an immature way to handle what it is you feel, the energy inside. And there are likely men, and we've dealt with men both in the path to excellence as well as fraternity, that have said, I'm always jealous when my wife goes out. I get mad when thing, when she doesn't want to touch me or or go out and do this, but I don't know how to express that. So now I'm frustrated, but that's just worsening the connection and the attractiveness. And so how do you go about addressing those underdeveloped or immature emotions and energy that's coming out? I don't know if you naturally did it, and maybe I'll throw it to Jeff, you know, but when you look at that, I would say that's something I had to come to terms with too. And so for these men in relationships in their 30s, how do they start that process of just weeding it out and saying it's okay to not feel this? We got to find a better way to channel that motivation and fire inside of you. I would say just study stoicism. That's it. That's my answer. Jeff. So for me, it was, uh, it's an interesting process because when you mention it, I hadn't thought about being jealous in a long time, but then I was thinking back and I used to be. Now I never am. And I think it's just a byproduct of doing the, all the other work. You know, When I look back, I'm trying to figure out why I was the way I was and why I am the way I am today. And then I look at you and why were you there and why was Anthony there as a younger guy? And I think it's, it was just a lot of self-doubt and confidence issues and like suppressing who I was, um, not wanting to believe I was the man. Whereas I feel like you guys believe that a lot earlier and I had to really learn that and believe it and like not actually fake it till I make it, but actually realize it and make it a part of my soul. And that took a long time, but uh, definitely improved my relationship because now you can't knock me off balance. I know what I know, but five, seven years ago, you could knock me off balance a little bit easier. Yeah. And so looking at it from that lens, I mean, the title is how to get what you want from your relationships. You know, how do we get what we want from these relationships? You're right here. We're breaking it down. You know, go ahead. 
I, I want to say one of the things I knew what I wanted when I started seeing a couple guys specifically in the fraternity and I saw how their relationship functioned and I was like, wait, that's what I want. I'm like that woman respects that man. She's in love with that man. She looks at him like I want my wife to look at me that way. So once I had an archetype of, wow, that's what I want my relationship. And by the way, the woman looks super happy. So, I mean, everyone's happier. And I said, okay, now I have a picture of what I want. Now I can make it happen. Well, that's the key. What does right look like? You know, that's to me, that's the starting point of setting your coordinates how to get there. What is it that you want? Is it more sex? Is it greater appreciation? Is it just being recognized for the work that you do? You know, what is it that's lacking that's causing this resentment to build? Once you know what it is you don't have, you now know what to work towards. But here's the thing. It's not just given to you. Respect is not given. To me, respect is taken. You do the work, the right thing when nobody's looking. You're constantly there. You stand your ground. You're that oak and that rock. You know, you don't give anybody a choice but to respect you because of your, your actions. And so you basically take that from them. Like, you have to respect me because look at what I did and look at who I am. You know, I'm somebody deserving of this, so it's mine. Yeah. When these men want this and they get frustrated at the lack of attraction, you know, they get, they get frustrated. Like, oh, you know, she was so into it, you know, just having fun and being carefree in the beginning. And now it's like she's a shrew, you know, she's a nag, the ball and chain. Well, A, you're playing to what society has told you marriages look like. That's absolutely incorrect. B, you're accepting the, the status quo of all your peers because a majority of relationships, I don't see them out there thriving and blossoming in the way that they should. I think there's a lot more happiness to be had in these homes. You know, and the other part of this, C, is when you look at this, if you could find better and start putting in the work to get there, you would get all of those benefits that you want. And you would have to look in the mirror and face the fact that while you're looking at her as the ball and chain, she's looking at you as a dude who packed on 30 pounds too. And the dude who used to have ambition and fire to want to be something more, that went away too. You know, and you, instead of wanting to go out and tell her about your day, like, yo, I went and I crushed this. Look at me. I'm a self-made man. I'm, I'm rising the ranks. I'm doing all this great things. Well, now you just come home and you say, oh, I'm tired. What's for dinner? Oh, let's watch a show. That fire left you too. And so for a lot of men, when we have these conversations and I say, what's wrong? You know, like, let's start there. They point to their wife. They point to their wife. They point to their wife. And I say, hey, with that one finger pointing at your wife, you've got three pointing right back at you. Look at where you've led her to. And it's like this epiphany goes off. Rarely is it a case where the man's locked in and she's not coming along. I always, it, most 98% of the time, it's a man who's got a lot of flaws. There are exceptions. That's why I left at 98 but when you look at that, I would say we've got to look at what, focusing on ourselves. As Anthony said, when you look at stoicism, that's what we can control. So instead of getting mad that your wife's not working out or instead of getting mad that your wife's not happy or instead of getting mad that your wife's in a shit routine, start dialing that back and start getting yourself in shape and doing the right thing. Start getting yourself motivated for life and happy to go out and do something. Start getting yourself wanting to connect with her and have some fun again. Until you're able to do that, I mean, who is she supposed to follow? The Path to Excellence podcast is not just meant to be listened to. You got to get involved. Jump in the Facebook group, Path to Excellence, our private free Facebook community, which is your look inside of the fraternity of excellence where we're doing the work. Join Path to Excellence on Facebook today. Yeah, man, you got to stop pointing fingers, right? I think any relationship, uh, especially with our, our wives or women in our lives, there has to be a standard, right? There has to be, you have to have a mission as a man. There's something that you have to be doing that is is benefiting not only you, but it's benefiting the family. 
you're setting it an example of what it means to live with virtue, to be honest, to be courageous. When we don't take those steps, what, what do we show our women? We show them that we're afraid, that we're uncertain, that what happens if I do this and, and something goes wrong? So it's, it is living in fear. And I don't, you know, I don't see how a woman can be attracted to a man who's, who's stuck in fear. There's going to be no respect there. There's going to be no desire. Um, so when you, when you break out of that and you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to live my life on my terms. I'm going to have self-ownership. I'm going to take responsibility for the family that I've created, the marriage that I've um, gotten into. And I'm going to actively work to, be, to make this the best I can. Right? I'm going to be my best self. I'm going to make the marriage work. And when things go wrong, we don't crumble and fall apart. We don't resort back to that fear, that small mindedness and saying, oh, my God, you know, it, I, we, we had an argument. Now all hope is lost. I don't know how if this is going to work. Right. It, it's it's weak minded shit. And we have to move past it. We have to be able to, to look ourselves in the mirror and say, man, I'm a strong dude. I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to get better. I don't care if. My wife gets mad. I don't care if my kids write on the walls with crayon. I don't care if I have shoulder surgery because some asshole crashes into me with his truck. I'm going to continue to grow and get better. I'm going to push forward. Nothing is going to stop me. Right. And, and it, it's small steps. It's not giant leaps. Right. You don't get to the top of the mountain by a friggin Batman boomerang. You have to take the time and you have to grow. You have to get strong. This is what we're doing here. So how did you start that process? If there's a guy, and if there's a guy right now, how does he start that process? Because you know, yeah, let's you, not put you, our you stories st on everybody. Let's put our you stories. Stop lying. Us. Yeah, you stop lying, and you start to address the weakness. You talk to other men, right? You, you find people in your life who are good. Who you, you you look and see the man who's crushing it, who's always positive, who's never self defeated, and you say, "I got to talk to that motherfucker. I got to see what he's going through. Maybe he can help me." And that's just another step pushing past the fear. Right. Because what happens if he says, fuck off? OK, well, that doesn't mean we stop. We go and find somebody who maybe is going to give us some of our time. You join a brotherhood. Right. You join a community. You interact with other people who you admire, who you look up to, who will motivate you. Um, because I don't think you can truly get there on your own, man. You, you need help. You need support. That's like saying I'm going to build a family without a wife and kids. It's just it's not going to happen. It's a process. I mean, it took me a long time and I did need other guys and it wasn't even just the fraternity. Like it was reading books and then it was talking and having people tell me like, no, you're wrong. You're weak. You're not thinking strongly. You know, Zach mentioned the person who comes home and he says he's tired and he's lost the fire. Well, in that case, like the world and your wife is a reflection of you and how you feel about yourself. You know, you know, you've lost the fire. So you, um, you communicate that through body language or tone of voice or words or whatever. So once you get that fire back, that's when the world starts noticing and treating you like your own self-respect earns the respect of others. Well, think about that, man. Think, think about what you're assigning to these men. They have to go out and they have to admit where they're failing. They have to go out and they've got to share these taboo things. Like men don't normally talk to other men about, hey, my, my marriage is having issues. I'm having issues with my wife. Like I'm struggling here. It's always this this broad brush stroke of like everything's good. Oh, we're kind of going through this, but life is fine. This is how it's supposed to be, and they just accept it. And I'm like, dude, no. Like I'm in the opposite boat. In FOE, I would say it's the norm to share the, the truth because we have so many examples of that. That tone has been set in the Facebook community. What I'm seeing is because I'm so used to how FOE operates, 
when I see on the path to excellence, I see these new men coming in that aren't used to that. And they're, they're kind of addressing it, but kind of not. And I'm so used to just direct speak with the men that I work with that when they come at this with that, that kind of broad stroke, I'm like, no, tell me exactly what your problem is. Tell me spe- specifically what is your issue. And guess what? Once you have that specific issue, let's write down three ways you're going to address it. Now tell me your next specific issue. Oh, my kids, you know, they, they're always running, writing on the walls and I get mad. All right, let's focus on why you're getting mad about that. Let's focus on where else they could write. What Write down three ways we can address this. You know, if you break it down instead of this broad thing to just one line, guess what? You can get to the exact root of the problem you're having and you can kill it once and for all. So one of the, it's, it's like that situation where you've got 30 things to do and they're all weighing on you. But since you never do them, you're always stressed thinking about doing them, but they're never getting knocked out. When you knock it out, you stop thinking about it. It's over. You've dealt with it on to the next. And at some point, you'll get to the place where it's just as things arise, but nothing's just sitting on your mind. You're free to move until it arises and then you address it and it doesn't stay in your mind. And so looking at that, one of the things that stands out to me is the importance of saying your actual issue. What is the real problem? Share that with a community. Share that with an individual. Just get it off of your chest and speak it into the world. Then it will become a real thing that's not in your head. And now you can address it to eradicate it. I think that was clearly to me, that is the essential first step. What is the literal problem? 100%. When you have problems and you hide them and you don't shine a light on them and you push them aside because you're scared to look at them, your problem keeps on going. And I see it with financial people like debt. They don't want to read any finance book. They're scared of it. Or even with fitness, you know, if they have a bad diet, they try to avoid learning about that, thinking about that. They just do what they're doing. Same thing with your relationship. You need to table the actual issue, shine a light on it. And then once you see what you're dealing with, you can make improvements on it. Yeah. No, my, my mind always goes back to the scared child who is afraid to face their weakness, doesn't want to speak up. And I think as men, we we need to own that, that burden on us, right? It, it, to, to be strong and confident, we have to be able to see the weakness. We have to be able to address it and face it, right? We have to be honest about it. So... If if your wife does something and it's causing you an issue, right? It, it's not what she's doing that's the problem. It's how you're reacting to it, how you let it control your mind, right? You start thinking these inferior thoughts, like oh maybe she's gonna go and, and talk to a guy, maybe something you know bad's gonna happen. So I, I think we need to address that. That's what I first looked at: is why am I having um, thoughts that are not really about who I am? Why is my mind always going to these dark places? Why am I letting outside events control me? And we just did a, a talk on this with distractions. To me, it's it, that's what it is. It's all distraction. Whether you turn on the TV and you're letting the news cause you stress, or if you're looking at your wife and you're saying, man, this isn't how I, I want it to be, man. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. It's all in your mind, right? It's all created because you don't have the strength to face the problem. And that's okay. We all start there. But the the good thing about it is once you start to face these little occurrences, things that in your life that aren't going the way you want, you get stronger. And then the next time you're ready, right? It's it's about getting in these reps and building yourself up to be the man that you say you want to be, as opposed to acting, you know, like the man that you, you, you think you are. So it, it's, it is definitely a mindset shift and it changes your life, man. Once you are ready to face that challenge. Because everybody benefits in your life, your family, your friends, your kids. It's a beautiful thing. So I want to ask the two of you, like 
I see a lot of commonality overlap between the people that have good marriages and good relationships and they take a lot of joy out of their relationship and they have happy homes. What do you think are the most common characteristics of the people that have it together? Well, let's say when you look at that, the main one for me, and I see actually this a lot in Anthony too, is, is happiness. And I know that's an intangible thing, but to me, people who are living a life that they enjoy, they're with someone they enjoy. They have fun in the moment. You bring me and my kids anywhere. We had dinner together. Dude, I was having a blast. Like I was happy there. A lot of people, they're, they're on eggshells even when they're, they're quote unquote happy. So they'll go to a party together, but there's still an eggshell. Like the husband and wife are separate. They can't be together because they have issues. And so the marriage that I see thriving, it consists of people who are genuinely living a life they enjoy. And so the wife is happy. You know, she's happy to support her husband. She's happy to live her best life. Those kids, they're in a home where mom and dad get along and it's not screaming and stress and pressure. You know, the man himself is living his best life. And so he's happy. Like, dude, I, I have plenty of challenges ahead of me, but I'm happy to face them. And so this isn't to say like all your problems are solved. It's to say that you're living a life you enjoy. And I've seen that. And I would say, honestly, that's one of the keys. That's why when I share marriage advice, I say, you know, you can get marriage from somebody who's been together or marriage advice from somebody who's been together for 30 years. But is the number what matters or is it the quality of the relationship? Oh, we've been married 50 years and you've been miserable 40 of them, motherfucker. <laughs> you hate your life. You guys haven't had sex in a decade. Like that's not a, I don't want that just because you've been together a long time. I'm like, so when I say 20 years together, that's 20 years of laughing, 20 years of loving, 20 years of highs and lows and joy and just absolute crushing. Jackie recently graduated. Dude, my whole family is like cheering for her to go through this thing. It's been a goal of hers. When I achieve anything, you know, when we started this podcast, my kids and my wife are like, let's go. Dad's building something else. You know, we root for each other. We're happy for each other's success. And I would say that's a huge uh, component to our success and our longevity. No, I would say for me, it's probably obvious, right? It's living with principles and applying virtue to your life, right? Being a virtuous man. And I mean that in a way where I always think about if, if I'm being the example, the best example I can to my wife, to my kids, my, my wife is naturally going to fall in love with me, right? She's going to be drawn and attracted to a good man. And when I say a good man, <laughs> I don't mean a man who does everything for everybody. I mean a man who is assertive, who's confident, who is going to going to speak his mind, right? Let the people in his life know where he stands, what he lives for, and what his values are. And I think if more men did that, right, not only would their marriage get better, the family would get better, right? Your kids and your wife, they need to know what's important to you. And if you are hiding it, I think that's a sign that you don't believe it's important to you, right? And that's why we're doing this. That's why we have this Facebook group. We're bringing what we do in the fraternity out into the public. We're going, we're having the speaking event, the mission of excellence in October. We're going to, uh, you know, I'm going to have my family there. We want people to see what we're doing. This, this is real, man. It, it, it's how I live my life. I know it's how both of you gentlemen live your life and people need to see it. They need to feel it, right? Because this is, this is what's going to save the West. No, I'm just kidding. This is what is going to build healthy families. This is what is going to continue to have a, a legacy of, of virtue, of peace, of just really genuine connection with people. It, it's why I'm here. It's why I'm connected to you two men, right? It, it's fucking real. I'm really glad I asked this question because Zach's word was happiness. And that's a phenomenal way to look at it. And your words, virtue, another phenomenal way to look at it from two naturals that had their women from 16, because I have a darker look at it. If I have to say one word of the people whose relationship I admire, it's tolerance in that 
once I knew what I wanted, I was not willing to tolerate any less. And that was, that was the same in fitness and the same in money too. It was like, once I knew what I wanted, I had a complete lack of tolerance for mediocrity. I wanted the excellence. And I see that in other people. They're not tolerant of behavior they don't like, disrespect they don't like. And I see their relationships functioning really well. It's a different perspective on my end. And like, I think the happiness, I, I agree with both of yours. It's just the one thing that sticks out to me. It's just the way I looked at it. Dude, your family will reflect that too. You know, when you have that standard and that's your connection, like I could take everything you two men said and said, yeah, that's that's me too. Like, like it's, there's a huge overlap in all of these things. I guarantee the happiness in your guys' side is through the fucking roof. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we do this, the one thing that stands out is how that impacts our kids too. And so just so we know, we're talking about how to get what we want from these relationships. You're teaching your kids who are watching what a relationship is. And so when we see like other, like if we see a husband and wife like out screaming at the baseball field or whatever, my kids are like, what is up with these guys? <laughs> like, What is that? Because they're like, no, that's not what we do. Like, we don't do that. Now, put that onto fitness. You know, if everybody's overweight or put that onto, you know, just being miserable. Like, if my kids are around that, they're like, what is wrong with them? Why are they so unhappy? It's like, I don't know, man. They're stuck. They haven't found a way to break it through. They don't, they haven't built, you know, a tolerance against mediocrity or they haven't found virtues to live by. And so I would say, like, what we're talking here, it's a game plan from three different viewpoints, but that's the point of, running this with the three of us it's not the same answer for everybody you've got to find yours but you're going to find the way you're looking at it the way anthony's looking the way i'm looking at it now the three of us have a better view of the same object which is a relationship which is a complicated thing but it's very simple in your handling of it when you know what it is you want and so that brings us all the way back to without knowing what you want from the relationship you'll never have the relationship that you want that's well said it's well said and it's the path forward man i think you know, as as we keep building these these podcasts, these groups, um, as we start adding value to the world, not only do we provide that foundation for our kids, but we're letting other men see it now. And that man, again, that, that's going to change the world. You know, Zach, we've been talking about fatherhood and parenting for a long time. We got Jeff now part of the team, right? And and he's gonna he's already adding tremendous value to what we're doing. It's unstoppable. And I, I really, you know, I, I, it's not even hope. I mean, it's, it's, I see it. I believe it. It's happening. And I think the more we do this, the more people are going to realize, man, that this is the way about being a, a, a man of excellence. So you just heard the podcast. You just listened to it. And now it's on you. What are you going to do about it? You know, can you can you can take the information. You can try to apply it. You're going to get it there a lot faster if you actually take action and reach out to another guy. So do that. Check the links below, make sure you're subscribed, and continue to walk the path to excellence. Thanks for listening to today's Path to Excellence podcast. Join the free Facebook community, Path to Excellence, and then head on over to fraternityofexcellence.com and join now. 